A warm welcome to the new Work Heroes podcast. This is episode number 70. A, yeah, Jubiläumsfolge, as I would say in German. You can hear me speak English. Why is that? What is that all about? Let me first introduce myself. My name is Jörn Hendrik and I'm the founder of the New Work Heroes, a career coaching company and also a publisher of books and digital education programs that we are working with of a number of freelance experts and trainers to deliver the best educational experience on the matters of transformations, new work and the world of the changing world through digitization. This podcast used to be a German one. I once had an English uh, episode so I could talk about my yeah, beautiful experiences in Porto, Istanbul and uh, some other European contacts and I I have been thinking about this a lot because, of course, having a split podcast that is 69 episodes in German and then starting something in English sounds a bit weird. But since this podcast has changing um, formats anyway, so there are interviews every second episode which follow the guideline of the hero's principle And then there are solo episodes like this. I thought to myself, hey, let's make the solo episodes English ones and let's still follow our uh, the interviews in German so that I would be able to please my listeners that are used to my voice in German, but also to connect with my international friends. And a big shout out to Portugal, to India, to the US and also to South America. I, I know that you are listening and, and you've been asking and I really want to give you that opportunity to dive into my content. Uh, and I'm humble. I know that uh, it's not thousands and thousands of listeners, but still um, maybe uh, could be uh, could be up to grow my followership and listeners a bit more. So happy to dive in. And the title of this episode And uh, what is Jubiläums episode in English, actually? Is it a, a celebrational episode, right? 70, 70s, that's also because it's a, it's a round number. So um, I'm, I'm celebrating this one. Um, whatever. The title is New Work Leader X. And uh, the X stands for um, diversity, uh, also for the English language. Since um, as a feminist, I always try to create content that uh, is inclusive and uh, diverse enough uh, because most of the languages, not as the Turkish language, uh, how I learned in Istanbul, um, have problems with gender. Um, also English has. And uh, I, I dived a bit into it. And the X actually stands for, uh, you could also do it with a Y, but... Um, That was a very specific content that I looked up. So X uh, is an opportunity to, to uh, yeah, make sure that it is not only about male, female, but also about um, diverse gender um, uh, things here. So this this should be uh, um, a little mark on that one. And um, just to give you a bit of an opportunity to also dive into my thought world as a um, content creator. So um, I'm, I'm really trying to make this up um, inclusive and, and diverse. So I want to talk about New Work Leader X. And the idea here is to talk about uh, a new role for leadership, because I think that this is something that we are definitely um, having a lot of conversations around. So when I'm with my corporate clients and and we're thinking about modules, about tr digital transformations, agile transformations, we're thinking about uh, implementing new methods or changing from one, one method to the other. So um, 
there are always discussions on how do roles look like, um, what are responsibilities, how do we change actually, and what are actually career paths that, uh, that you can pursue and uh, actually can be recognized in uh, stepping up the ladder, right? And I want to give you a different um, view on leadership here. And I brought to you three important points that to my mind will play a big role for the next decade or even century while we are transforming work into a, an idea where we have fluid um like a more like, like kind of like a fluid view on how careers unfolding and and also contracts right so uh, i think that that this kind of employee status of fixed contracts or freelance status of work or even entrepreneurial ways of work will mix more and more. And um, yeah, it, it will not be of a, a big importance anymore if, you, uh, if you're a freelance worker or if you're an employed worker because you are participating to a beautiful um, product that uh, wants to create um, value and and actually um, yeah bring bring a lot of impact to to customers and clients out there so my first start um, naturally as a coach uh, is the point personal development and why is it important as a new work leader um, to think about personal development well I think that the Competence on viewing your own learning points, personal-wise, and where you, where you need to improve or where you should have a deep dive into uh, feelings and, and sets of emotions. So, um, what is stressing you out? Out where is anxiety? Where where there are per certain points where you where you are hurt and and where you need to um, have a, a, a deeper look is super important. So I, I mean, interestingly enough, I'm, I'm struggling a bit to find words here because I'm doing that so much in German. So it's not about you have to look into or you need to uh, embrace your emotions, but at some certain point there is a, a, a clarity in being a leader, a leader X, <laughs> and embracing um, your own path, following your needs and facing your doubts and fears that enables you to lead others, right? I think this is a tremendous important part. So when I, and, and this is a, uh, this is a uh, hello to all corporate listeners here. I mean, you all witnessed this, right? So there are certain opportunities for you to step up to a senior uh, position. There are opportunities to be seen by senior management, right? And so you do certain things or you, actually don't do certain things anymore, right? And you prepare for the step up. And the thing is that, of course, being a certain time, uh, uh, and as I heard, um, junior leaders, are, leader X are actually up for this idea of stepping up even even faster, right? So, but what, what what does it actually take you to be promoted and, and how important is that for, for your way? And I would say, It is more important to stick with your needs and what you where you want to go than to really step up the next step and and be uh, promoted. Because the the question is, when your superiors, when your line managers are not able to see that you are developing in a way that that will help the team to, uh, grow, 
you shouldn't be with that um, line managers and senior management anymore, right? You should seek out and look for a company that actually is able to to see your way where you change in a way that actually brings value to uh, to your team members. And this is actually the whole truth about this. So you will not fight in giving up your ideals and also um, your your values in uh, stepping up a fictional ladder of some uh, corporation or brand um, that will help you to um, to play this game. If everybody plays that game, you would argue, I need to play it too because I will not be recognized and seen. And I would call out and say, no, you don't. You don't because you go your own way. So one of the um, values that the new work heroes are pursuing is that once you master your own game in your own hero's journey and you are able to identify competencies where you are good at and you want to strive for, it is your personal uh, hero's journey that you will pursue and there will be always obstacle that you will work with. So this is a tremendously important lesson. You step this personal development game up for yourself and by developing yourself, you will lead better and it is a um, step-to-step um, way into self-awareness that um, will enable you to actually be a better leader. And just imagine that you will sit in a room with someone that's acknowledging your anxiety and actually your uh, your words of doubt, right? So um, actually accessing certain feelings in a way where you say, "Okay, I was troubled. I was not. I was not sure. I was not sure if I'm seen. I was not sure if what I'm what I'm doing is actually recognized." And that is why I hardened up a bit. And I was a bit, you know, I I challenged my team uh, more because I. I, I was insecure, and through this insecurity, I maybe was not uh, was not giving justice to the work others did because I I only looked at the output and I did not uh, really connect to uh, to their um, to their situation, right? And then your line manager in, in there, your your leader will actually say, your leader X will actually say. That is great that you um, embrace your uh, anxiety and your doubt here because I could feel that too. And I was asking myself when you would wake up to that and actually be able to um, pursue um, uh, these steps because through actually embracing that you were in doubt and therefore uh, were a bit stern or hard to your team, you're able to move forward and actually give that space and room so that your team can actually talk about these anxiety and these doubts too. We're living we're living in troubling uh, times. This podcast has been recorded in December 2021. So it is still, it is it is for, for, for most countries in the world and especially mine here in Germany, we're in the, in the fourth wave of the corona pandemic and there are still um a lot of uh, doubts that are, uh, are coming our way and actually equipping for solely remote work home office work combining our family life with the professional life and actually being there so talking about doubts and anxiety hell yes we need to address this and also at the workplace right so it is not solely about kpis it is not about the okr set that you has to uh, that you have to pursue the next uh, quarter it is about your personal development and the personal development in your team and it is a huge pillow and you know building block for um the new work leader x and and this this image that uh, that i stand for that, that that these are the values that actually i want to bring to you let's talk about the second pillar and a tremendously important part for this new work theme of my company called new work heroes because yeah new work has been um and i don't know how is it for you in your country um here in germany we really take new work as a hype word a buzzword about everything that 
that it is for transformational work, right? So all uh, of this digital transformation always goes with new work, right? New methods. And I want to, uh, maybe you, you never heard about this, actually Friedhoff Bergmann, he's actually an Austrian German guy um, who died actually last year, uh, sadly. And he's, he was a philosopher and ethnologist, actually working um, at uh, in, in in the in the U.S. Um, his 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 main area of work was in Flint, next to Detroit, when uh, when the automotive companies actually um, the whole industry um, crashed and there was a lot of unemployment. He thought about the with his Institute of New Work, new models and areas of work that that should be it. Um, I just want to give you an insight where this word uh, actually spread from. And uh, here in Germany, we're using this a lot because our um, LinkedIn um, service that we use here uh, is also uh, it's called Xing, right? Um, they, they also use this word as their company um Uh, they're like their company claims. So this is something that, that, that German people or German speaking people are aware of. Um, and new work means that we have, uh, we're living in transformational times where we have new working methods, right? So it, it's, it's design thinking. It's, it's scrum or less or safe, these kind of uh, scaled agile methodologies, right? And it's also about lean startup. It's about these methods where you, where you, uh, and you all uh, heard about this, right? So it's about customer centricity. So what does the customer want, right? And then talking about problems what what problems can you solve and and how do you actually uh, go into a product and do it and then you create canvases maybe uh, a business model canvas right uh, the one that Alex Osterwald and his team created right and and, and or maybe the lean startup canvas right uh, something that Eric Ries came up with I, I can go on for ages methods are everywhere canvases um, you know uh, my reports full of um, these kind of you know design sprints right by Google so there's a lot of uh, these stuff out there right and 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 once you dived into one method right you become some sort of you know um evangelist for it right you become a um <laughs> a follower of of, of this uh, this method and since i'm i'm doing this for 12 years right now i'm, I'm actually pretty familiar with uh, a lot of these methods and what i come up with it saying you have to be an agnosticist right uh, you have to be agnostic about using methods so i'm trying to give you methodology competence meta method competence right so if you work in an environment where as a leader x you are up to um, changing um, certain ways of work You will come up um, at certain points with methods to to bring it in, right? Even um, how to do it. So, for example, in Agile, so in software development, when we talk about Scrum, this is a method developed over 25, 30 years ago, I think it's it's up for now. And it's it's a very simple method, a simple framework where you can rapidly build up learning, um, uh, uh, learning situations, right? So, for example, you do certain style of meetings. So, you go into dailies, you go into plannings, right? You show in review what you have been up to and this should be it for for describing i don't want to go too deep into here let me sip off something to drink here to moist a bit my mouth so and the interesting part of this scrum idea is that you that you have certain sort of meetings right and the the idea would be okay maybe we are not a, a software development team right so we do have some uh techies here and we create uh services for our app but um we're more marketing and sales guys right so it's about and lads right so this this is about like um we are diverse team about diverse uh, areas and markets so we're not solely developing so and then maybe scrum is not not solely 100 for you right And you should be thinking about how to actually um, uh, dive into that method. And 
This is something that I described in in a podcast. Uh, actually, it was the last podcast, uh, the solo episode in German, where I said it is about being agnostic, agnostic to it. And agnostics actually it comes out of Christianity. So it's the idea of being uh, being religious, right? But not solely to um, the Catholic Church or maybe um, evangelic or Baptist Church, right? So you're not following the stats. You have your own, right? But you're still a believer, right? So you're in, meet, in meta, some sort of, right? And in my facilitation um, uh, experience, I... I, I had the opportunity to work with actually a priest of a church. Um, it's, it's, it's a small town uh, in the north of Germany in, in, in Schleswig-Holstein next to Hamburg-Lübeck, actually. It's a nice uh, old trading uh, company. Maybe um, if, you, if, if you know about German marzipan, um, it's a sweet you have heard of, of this this tiny little city and maybe absolutely not but that doesn't matter so there's a church actually and and peter and and, and his uh, his employees uh, of the St. petri church uh, on newberg they're actually an agnostic church and it's interesting when i uh, when i walked in there they don't have chairs as you usually have and it's an old church right so it's a it's one of these kind of old churches that you can imagine and and, and, and where across europe right um seven seven hundred years old or whatever i don't uh, i don't think that this church is that old i have to kind of look it up but um it's interesting that, that there are not chairs in right and, and and it looks different so and he has a different approach of actually having um having the holy mass uh, the holy uh what is it in english um your goddess right so where you come together and pray uh, on sundays and he doesn't do it on sundays in the morning he does it on saturday in the in the in the night right 11 o'clock interesting and and he changes methods he, he changes these kind of belief system and he, he adapts to it so what i want you to think of as a um new work leader x competence is build up meta method competence and think of what is it what is the right method for my team do we really need this how can we maybe tweak it right and i know all of the evangelists in uh, in scrum out there and i should be careful as a scrum master as a uh, scrum alliance certified scrum master and product owner and even less certified trainer i should or not trainer but uh, a practitioner i i should be careful because of course um uh, you can go into debate with the professionals but out there but uh, i mean i remember my trainers giving Uh, giving me the courses even saying have a look at where you applied and where not so it can be uh, for scrum to just stick with the example it can be a very nice um a very nice experience to really go into this pure scrum idea and when you do it the fully you have you have uh, three artifacts you are using so the backlogs right and then you have the sprint itself and and then you go into the events right it's five events in total right and then you have also five values you're working with and even th three roles you're working with right so these are the numbers for scrum and then you are following this and you're trying to build it up and if you have three roles you stick with three roles and so it's it's the product owner it's the scrum master and it's the development team and it's not a senior develop a senior product owner it's not a junior scrum master and there for surely is not a um a hierarchy bounded to this so that the scrum master reports to the product owner or something else like this right it should be a cross-functional team and there's certain rules in there that lies when they give freedom for for learning right so just try if you try it out for your organization for your startup or even for your own company i i, I really highly recommend to just um dive into a couple of sprints so two weeks right and then four weeks six weeks just try it out and then and, and then to stop and to um to kind of come into a meta state where you kind of uh, try to what, what what took me out of it and maybe one of this kind of um uh, ideas that you went through this uh, this this meetings is the retrospective where you meet every two weeks and you ask yourself what went well what didn't went so well and what should be improved and this 
could be a meeting that you stick with in your organization, your team, right? And you say, this is a great one to do. And maybe even you do it every quarter and not every two weeks, right? Um, to, and you do it with the whole company, right? With all 70 people of your company, right? Or your whole department, your product area or whatever. And this is an interesting part, right? And I also want to say, before I move to the last competence that I want to talk to, uh, today about, I want to say that uh, please take heed. Method, uh, method, method competence or methodology competence doesn't mean that you neglect uh, uh, the methodology and just you know kind of rip apart certain things that you like, right? Um, so, for example, it would be like you're you're working in a corporation and you have a lot of roles and and you have a lot of hierarchy, and then what you do is you take maybe another scaled framework, maybe safe, so uh, scaled as a framework, it's, it's, it's actually another framework and method called, and because you like the roles better, right? So there's this RTE, the release train engineer, and, and, and certain uh, roles that, that, that you can tweak better to your hierarchy. And, you know, I, I like to challenge these kind of ideas because then it is not, you, you blindly follow some ideas because you think it's better for, for, for implementing it wrongly into your organization. And then, of course, starts the mess and the big problems. So what I would suggest you to do is to, to take a step back and really think, how can we actually do this? And what is important for us? And where can it challenge our system? So don't, don't, don't force a method to your system. Let it challenge your your system and your uh, your structure to learn new things, right? This is what meta method uh, competence uh, looks like, right? You take in this learning journey and you accept and embrace your doubts about it, and you you're open for change, right? And it's of course compares to the personal development because you also let in uh, your personal growth um, at first step before you move on to your team and to your employees, right? To, uh, to work with them because this helps. So for first in method, method competence, what I want you to do is to, to challenge your system and your, your team and your area to then actually learn and adapt to a certain method. Let's come to the third pillar uh, of uh, the New Work Leader X competences, and this is transformation resilience. And uh, that is a very interesting one because I, I, I want you to think of a workplace where you know, there, there are sh certain managers who love new methods, right? So they come in with these new shiny methods. Actually, these managers, they, they suffer from an illness I call the shiny object syndrome. They go like, it's a bit like, what is it, like a, which animal could compare like that? Like a weasel maybe or something like that. Quick, looking from left to right, said, oh, there's something shiny over there. That looks beautiful. I, I, I barely read this book, but it's, it's got recommended by me by some amazing podcaster. We do have to try this out, right? And maybe everyone uh, of you knows people like this, and maybe you are one of these um, people uh, affected by shiny object syndrome. Shame on you. No, not shame. I mean, it's it's curiosity, right? It's great. I love people who are interested in new methods and to, uh, to try things out. But let me let me say where where, where the problem comes in. So, if you are in uh, in charge and power, if you have a whole department and maybe a whole company to to lead, and you suffer from shiny object syndrome, it uh, it, it it actually the, the chance is great that you implemented the. Th 
the second or even the third wave of transformation to your whole company or your team. And there comes the problem. You, you, you didn't even end the first transformation line, but then starting your new. And this is also an effect that I see a lot in corporations. So a new CEO coming in, yeah, wanting to having now this kind of typical four years of, of kind of leader uh, uh, phase and then wanting uh, to make his or her own mark and then coming in with new methods or new consultants and shiny ideas. The problem is every transformation um, setting up for new rules because you really want to do it and you really want to change is of course um, set to failure. Because first point, you have to work for personal development. Even a CEO have deep look into your own doubts, into your own personal growth. And if you are not ready, so there's a, be there's a beautiful saying that is, if you don't care for your wounds, you will bleed on the ones uh, that you actually do, right? Is it uh, healed, heal, and uh, uh, suffering people will suffer, right? So and it will spread suffering, right? So this is a an important uh, learning um, and comes out of the first principle of personal development. Then you go into meta uh, method competence and then you take it in for transformation. And what I mean by transformation resilience is that you, at some point, um, so when you're not the CEO, right? So you're the suffering um, uh, leader in, in your in your group that that has to take up the second transformation anyway because it has to, it was mandated and actuated up upon you. You you do have the opportunity to take something out of this lesson. So transformation resilience means yes, there is a new method, there are new things that uh, that they that they want from us. Um, But you take it on and you, you ask yourself, how can you actually spare? Uh, can you go into sparing with experience and competencies or with others? So I want you to transfer knowledge that came out of other projects to actually hold your room. So this is a, something that is, uh, is an important. So you always are able to navigate a certain room of, um, no, if you're going to translate quickly into, uh, from German. So your, Handlungsspielraum. It's your, it's your room of execution where you can actually operate, right? And this is always there. No matter how much is mandated upon you, right, uh, from, uh, from your corporation or when it's for startups, it's even worse because your CEO um, is heavily uh, suffering from shiny object syndrome. So then there is, we're going that, that area, right? And already booked like externals coming in for uh, for for starting this kind of transformation so chances are that 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 you're really doing this and as i said if you if you're the ceo yourself um, um please take a deep look where you where you're following this and this resilience means that you're trying to uh, operate with your team and 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 you operate actually by uh, by asking the most important questions for transformation resilience, and this is trust, right? How good are we in actually maintaining trust between us here and the team? And how can we tackle this, right? And even when it's really difficult and we really um, we're really struggling with uh, yeah with with following these guidelines on this, I want you to kind of take. Take, take this as an opportunity to build up resilience upon um, these measures that come up to you, the new KPIs you have to deliver, the new uh, experiences and the new meetings that you, you come upon. Because it is not about giving in, right? Change is ever uh, everlasting. So I would say that we are at the verge of actually this fourth industrial revolution that comes in. So it's a, it's a digital revolution and we are we're step, we're actually on the, on the step stones of the fifth uh, industrial revolution where we are actually taking AI and, um, and, 
and exciting new technologies to a level where uh, we as human beings will be able to operate with technology in a way we have, we could never before. And this takes new methods, skills, and also um, a new mindset, right? And uh, there will be more change. And, and there has always been. My, my favorite example to kind of underpin uh, why transformation resilience is so important is um, the printing press, uh, uh, the invention of the printing press, right? It was actually 1850 and basically also here in Germany, uh, starting with, with UK, but also in Germany, um, we, we, we had these upcoming of this huge um, uh, publishing houses, right? Where, um, where suddenly through printing daily, uh, it was possible to actually um, invent a newspaper, right? And there were uh, two professions at least, um, which is uh, uh, being responsible for actually putting the letters on uh, the metal letters on the, on the printing press and then actually uh, printing the, these that got rid out of immediately, right? And, and this change is it's imminent. It was like they were not coming back or having a certain printing houses, uh, publishing houses that were preserving this. You can see it in a museum today, right? And, and so it is with every technology when, uh, when, a, when a new technology takes over and actually makes this. So you, you don't have a choice but to face the, the truth that change is imminent and, 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 and evident and that you, you, you need to respond to it in a certain way. And if you don't respond and if you stop going into that transformation um, uh, mode, you will stop evolving, right? And, and, and change is, an, is something that is deeply rooted into human nature. And we are, su we are absolutely capable of doing this, right? And to my belief, I have to say this, I'm, I'm sorry, and, and, and being in, in the end of the podcast, uh, maybe already lost some uninterested listeners. So we are here by ourselves. I can say I'm a solopreneur by heart. I'm a freelancer and entrepreneur. I love the freedom of navigating new spaces. And I, I 100% believe that the human race is made out of pioneers and is pioneering new spaces. I know from my coaching that, of course, not everyone is um, is 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 in the space of you know wanting to be free and out there and entrepreneurial. And I absolutely respect and it's important to say that you have a certain uh, need for safety, right? And then also the safety net of a co fixed employee contract. Absolutely. But I totally believe that if given the opportunity to be free and not struggle and hustle for our lives, paying our rents, whatever, yeah, being free, we would actually uh, embrace change uh, uh, faster, right? And even if not, Of course, our brains um, are, um, also adapt quickly and, and then want to, want to uh, uh, embrace security, right? We are able to, um, to embrace transformation, resilience, and, um, and to work with us. So for you, being the new work leader X, I want you to embrace personal development. Think about your personal journey and where this will lead. I want you to think about method competence and some sort of agnosticism around how to use methods in your, in your workplace. And I also want you to take in a thought on transformation resilience to guide your team with the principles of trust. I hope this was an inspirational podcast episode for you. You are absolutely invited to subscribe to the podcast. You are even invited to um, to give to rate it, the podcast on the landing page on it. And I would love for you to tune in for the next English episode that will be out in four weeks. And hell, it is now it will be still in this year. So <laughs> I don't need to wish uh, uh, all of these wishes. I'll stay with you with heroic wishes. This is Jon Hendrik. Have a great day. <laughs>